Chill Track Friday. This is Ali. Hi, it's Anne. It's end of the year. It's our 29th episode. I can't believe this. It's our last episode for 2019. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, we started in 2019. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this time last year, we, it wasn't even really... Yeah, it was it was a brewing thought. It was a brewing thought, but it wasn't really set up yet. Can't believe I just all. used brewing given our fascination with coffee. <laughs> um, yeah, so first of all, we just want to thank our guests for coming on our show and sharing so much experience and wisdom with us that we then were able to share with our listeners. So we also want to thank our listeners so much We've um, reached almost 12,000 downloads, which we think is absolutely amazing our first year. Um, and so it seems like when we went from one episode a week to twice a month, it actually didn't, our numbers ended up going up. So that's a really good sign for us. And we're really trying to focus on quality, not quantity. And it's a testament to who were, who has been on the show so, so far. So thank you so much. We're so grateful to everybody. Yeah, and just continuing on that thought, I'm so excited for today's episode. It's like a little gift for our end of the year gift for our listeners. And then what I love about today's episode, it threads all of our guests together in a nice way and gives a lot of value to all of our listeners. Um, Anyway, I I don't want to say too much about the episode. We'll introduce it in a second. But before we get into that, I want to talk about a race you just recently ran. (laughs) 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 Because... I know you had been out for most of 2019 and some of 2018. You'd been out for about a year. There were a lot of ups and downs with an injury, trying to come back. Um, but you came back with kind of an interesting way because you did something. You, you raced a mile on a on an indoor track, which you had never done before. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Um, I've never raced on track. And... It's funny because Stuart, I think I've mentioned this before in our sneak peek, but Stuart was always like, oh, you're a track runner who doesn't run track. You got to get on the track. And, you know, it obviously got sidelined during the injury. It became just, can I actually run at all? And, you know, just to reiterate some of that, you know, I did like a walk. I started with walk running in June, the end of June, and then got to 40 miles in, I think, like mid-October. Mm-hmm. And then kind of just have been letting my ankle lead the way. So then I started, I threw in one workout a week. I, I realized that I was ready to do some, some fun stuff without any goals in terms of pressure. I've run three races since I've been back, like actually raced them. You know, mm-hmm. we can talk about the Bronx. We've talked about the Bronx so many times. I'm like not counting that. <laughs> that was like do and die. Yeah. Um, but what I've enjoyed so much is just having fun and not having any pressure on myself and just seeing what what can happen. And I think there's a lot to say for having had a lot of rest. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so the, the track race was really about just having fun and getting the experience. And I was really nervous because not from the running perspective, but from the logistics perspective. Um, fortunately, I've done a lot of workouts on a track, but it's a 400 meter outdoor track. I've never run on a 200 meter indoor track. And so I went up to the armory. I did one workout at the armory in prep and I thought the bank was really hard. I was doing thousands in lane five. So you're actually climbing 
the bank. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want this. I don't want this bank. It's really hard. We talk so much about marathoning on the road or even trail running and stuff like that. You get inside on a track, on a 200 meter track and you're, yeah. you're you prepped for a mile. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I can talk about that. The difference. Yeah. It's so different than a road race because I was explaining to you mm-hmm. when you're running the only other mile race I've ever run is Fifth Avenue Mile. And that's a straight line. And you see where you're going. You have a lot of room around you if you get up to the front when you start. The track, I was really nervous about that start and how is getting to lane one going to be. And I've watched a lot of track races and I watched even more like in prep for this. <laughs> just mm-hmm. to, I was nervous. I've been tripped in a road race before. So and I've seen it happen in track races. So I was actually the most nervous about that. But what's interesting that I noticed um, compared to the road race is that you don't see it stretched out in the line. So it's eight laps. And before I had done it, eight laps felt really far. I was like, how am I going to feel in eight? I'm used to, I can do my, I do mile repeats on the outdoor track and that's four at 400 meters. And that's long. And it's a different, a different calibration. And so, yeah, it was kind of, I went to do it for the experience. It was more about getting experience. Uh, the time, obviously I was trying to run as fast as I could, but that wasn't, my goal wasn't to break any, PR record because Mm. that would be silly Mm -hmm. and I wasn't there to compare my fitness there's nothing to compare it to I've never raced on a 200 meter track so it was really (laughs) the experience and um it's very intimidating I was saying that my paces sometimes belie my experience because I run fast so you think that like oh she must have like a lot of track experience I have none I have absolutely none so I show up to the line (laughs) this is a funny story Uh so for those that run track you know this but for those of you who don't run track and myself I didn't realize this until Thursday you get your bib number but you also get a stick two stickers with the same number one goes on your right shoulder and the other one on your left hip so that when you're making the turn the I assume it so the officials can always see your number and so I get my number and I put it on my right shoulder and my left hip and I'm at the start line and the director is what number you got (laughs) yeah that's a good question (laughs) I got six so we show up to the line and we go in order. I didn't know that either. I was just worried that, that he was going to do the staggered start where half of the group is up on the bank and then you have to wait to cut in. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I think we have enough room for everyone to go on one line. And I was like, oh, thank God. That's all I was worried about. <laughs> and he's getting us all in order. And he points to me and goes, you, you're nine, not six. Slip your stickers. <laughs> and I, I was so embarrassed. And I just said, I go, Busted! This is my first track race ever. And all the women looked at me and we all started laughing. It was really funny. I felt like a nice icebreaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really embarrassed, but also like, what can you do? I just laughed. It was mm-hmm. so typical. Like, what are the odds of me getting the six nine, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's you're how actually, it started. So you're actually nine. I was actually nine. Yeah. And I'm glad I figured that out. And um, yeah, it was funny. Actually, I saw someone at the armory from our group training and he was three and he had his three on upside down and I was like ah let me spare you what I just had to go through can you flip your numbers (laughs) it's 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 a three not a e yeah exactly (laughs) so that was a newbie experience and then this woman showed up and she was like I'm pacing 71s so that's a 400 meter time Mm -hmm. and that's what like that's 11 sorry 11 (laughs) A minute and 11 second, 400. So that's, I run, my PR 400 pace is 40. It's 80. So I was like 
definitely let that whole group of women go. They wouldn't let me go in the second heat. I wanted to go in the second heat, but they're like, no, no, your time, even if you run 5.30, like you're in the right heat. And I was like, okay. So I knew not to go with those women. And when the gun went off, I didn't even know what I was doing. Like they go, take your mark. And I saw everyone else like start leaning down. I'm like, okay, I guess I leaned down. And then the gun goes off and I'm like, all right, okay. And I backed up. I just let people go. And then I got straight into my pace, which I I didn't, you know, you don't look at your watch. I went around, I had memorized my times and I was looking for the clock. I was expecting it to be on the ground where it is at Milrose Games and it wasn't. And then I saw it on the screen. It was fine. It was totally Mm -hmm. fine. I figured it out. So this is eight times around a 200 meter indoor track. So one thing you, you said to me that was pretty cool is that in our longer distance races, you're like, stay in the mile, stay in the mile. In this case, you're running 40 second 200s and the way you felt was like, okay, stay in this 200, stay in this. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't sure how it was going to feel in terms of how fast those eight laps were going to go. And it went really fast, really fast. And there's not much time or distance to pass people. I did end up passing two people. One of them required like a pretty serious surge, but I knew that if I didn't get her before the curve, I was going to be slowed down. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of cool. And yeah, I passed people that started out too fast. I stayed, my pace was pretty much the same the whole time. Um, and yeah, it's interesting. So when you, that first lap is longer, you know, um, Stuart explained it to me that there's nine extra meters. So you start behind the, the finish line or in front of the finish line rather, sorry. So the first lap is actually more than 200 meters. Mm-hmm. And that goes fast. Once you get to the, once you get one full loop, you make the curve and I'm already thinking like, okay, well, what, what should the clock see? What should I see on the clock when I make the second curve? And there it is. Mm-hmm. And then the third one and the fourth, you know, four, five, six are sort of like, okay, okay. This is when I started to think like, oh, wow, this is fast. And mm-hmm. you know, where's everyone? And there was someone behind me and I realized that she wasn't trying to pass me. She was just trying to stick with me, which mm-hmm. was cool. And uh, yeah, it went fast and there's no other way, but to, I really did not think beyond the lap that I was in, but not intentionally. It was just because it was happening so fast. Yeah. I loved your execution. So for me personally, you, we had talked about the race beforehand. So I, just talking to you, I knew what 200s you were shooting for or, or the progression of 200s. I knew it was all like anywhere between like 39.5 to like 41s, right? That's what you're trying to go for. And I see like if someone wants to go look at your results it's so perfect it's like within that range the whole time and then your last 200 is 37.3 <laughs> which is like 458 pace for the last 200 it's so well executed in terms of that so it shows in preparation like it, this is my guess and you can talk more to this but you'd run on a track so you've kind of figured out like what that should you know what that progression should feel like and how to how to push in the last one that was pretty cool to see how did the last one feel the last one felt like i had saved too much for the end mm-hmm. which is great to see because mm-hmm. what I, I really didn't want to go blow up in a in a mile race on a track and so it felt so good when i was able to kind of open up the throttle and just go mm-hmm. and I'm I'm glad that that was my experience that I saw how much I had left because what I <laughs> splitting splits mm-hmm. um, I lost like a couple hundredths of a second in the seventh lap and it because I was I wanted to go the ideal was to go 40 39 mm-hmm. 
and end on 39. I was 41, 37. So mm. it's like there's a big gap there, yeah. you know. So like, but that's there's room for improvement, and I love the fact that there's so much more to learn. And that I think it was an like it. I'm really proud of myself for that being my first <laughs> my first drag race, and to like see that there's it's really kind of it's very cerebral, and I love that. I love that. Yeah, so much happening in terms of people around you, people to pass. You have your 200 times to hit that are coming pretty quickly at yeah. you. So I love the the mathematics happening are pretty, pretty quick. Um, and also I had done some changing of my form. Like I was wearing different shoes. I was actually on the testing team for the New Balance 5280s. And mm-hmm. so I got to run in those. And I had done just a few prep workouts in them. And um, I realized on the outdoor track, like how much time I had been wasting on my heels. So it was mm-hmm. interesting to see the difference in like that a 37, 200 effort is kind of like a 38 effort in regular shoes. So there is something to be said for uh, track form, which mm-hmm. I'm more, I have more of like a heel striking marathoner form. And mm-hmm. so you know, I'm being careful because my ankle, but my ankle's been great. That's kind of the biggest victory <laughs> out of coming out of all of this. So what was your, what was your finishing time? Uh, 5.25.96. I'm really glad for the hundredths of a second. Because yeah. normally in races, they just round it up. Oh, yeah. LaCroix, cheers to that. <laughs> we don't have coffee because this is pretty late in the afternoon. So, However, we did drink very special coffee this morning. We did drink very special <laughs> coffee this time. The coffee that Laura Rodriguez gave us for Chill Track Friday, and it's the branded Chill Track Friday blend. Yeah. It's really good. What's our... Okay, so let's get into our episode. Okay. Do you want to tell our listeners? Yeah. So what's really wonderful is um, this is a compilation and it's funny because when I, at the end, whenever like my old favorite TV shows when I was a kid and they do like the holiday special, I'd be like, oh man, hate that. <laughs> but now being on the production side of it, this is, this is basically a compilation of all of the training tips that our uh, guests gave to our listeners. And it's really wonderful. And we hope you enjoy it. You don't get an A for having the perfect training plan. Um, And sort of to riff off of that, everyone's different. You have to always listen to your body. And that sounds so cliche and so trite, um, and I hope that's not disappointing, but it's, 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 you just have to, you have to get in tune with yourself and you know completely like not just oh i feel like i need to back off here um that although that's probably the most the way that you'll improve the most is by really understanding your effort level um but what you were talking about just a moment ago the you know the in touch with your own with your own purpose so it's listening to your body as well as listening to your soul you know really what what um what your soul is is telling you to do um, is is asking you to do through through your running. I think it's um, consistency. There's lots of excuses, and life happens, and you have to you know skip runs sometimes because other things are more important. But 
we, I think we all agree and, you know, every runner agrees that once you get your shoes on and out the door, you never actually regret a run. Um, so just pushing yourself that little bit extra to, um, to be consistent. And once, once you get out, you'll, you'll be fine. You just have to show up. Yeah. Sometimes that's the toughest part. You, you can have, I never regret a bad run. I'm glad it's over. But I'm never like, oh, I wish I did. Now, if you hurt yourself, you might say, I wish I didn't do that. Or I didn't, maybe I shouldn't have done the fifth one uh-huh. because I have a bad hamstring and it kind of like got extra tight. So there's things that you could avoid or be smarter about if you have an injury or an illness. But I might be like, thank God that run's over with. But I'm never like, and when I sleep in and I miss a workout, I'm laying there feeling guilty and I don't even sleep well. That's the yeah. worst feeling. <laughs> so just get up and like, and I have a 20 minute rule. If you're really busy or you don't feel like, you don't feel, feel very good. Do 20 minutes. If you're so busy, just get up 20 minutes, wear your running clothes, get out the door and walk, run. And if that's all you have, at least you got 20 minutes in and you feel like you did something. (laughs) The one training tip. Yeah. Uh, For me, it's always just focus on the workout in front of you Mm because that's all you have. That's all you have. I think it's so easy to get into a a training plan, uh, especially if you're gearing up for a goal race, to look at um, uh, everything about the plan and try to like figure out all the things in the plan before you've done things in the plan. Like you had commented earlier about the, the, um, you know, the tempo runs I was doing for the 10K plan early were kind of like, well, these paces don't seem that difficult. Let's just, you know, let's check it out. But it was, again, it was staying within the moment, keeping that workout in front of me, not worried about what the next run was, the weekend run or my next repeat workout. It was, okay, this is the workout I have. And just take that workout. And that's all you have. If you have that plan, you have the workout in front of you, and that workout's going to be what it's going to be. You know, it's going to be, it could be good, it could be great, it could be rough, but okay, you did the workout, and then when you're done with it, if it was great, okay, well, maybe look at what was so great about it. What, did I hit my times? Um, Did it just feel comfortable? Did it feel good today? If it was okay, okay, was I tired? Did I get a good night's sleep? Uh, was it, if it was bad, well, why was it bad? What was going on? Was the weather or not you're hiking? What are the things that look into it? And then just take that into stock. Great, wrap it up, move on to the next workout. Yeah. Something I tell people that I work with is that if you look too far ahead, like you're not ready to do that workout four weeks ahead, exactly. so don't bother looking at it. The yeah. workout today is going to help you get to the workout the next day, which then gets you to the next one. It is really... Um, not only one week at a time it is as you said it's one workout at a time and not going too far not going too far ahead because it is intimidating and it's supposed to be in a way you know because we're trying to achieve something that we don't think is possible and then we see that it is and there's a plan the plan Mm -hmm. is there you follow the plan like the recipe Well, I think it was like it would me more go back to don't dwell like if you don't hit paces one day don't like move on you look at it and then next day, move on to the next thing, because I think that that mental aspect can hurt you if you really dwell on the numbers or didn't hit the exact pace, because not every day is going to be an on day. It could be an off day for whatever reason. So, I think that mine is just to accept what your limitations are in terms of your life. You know, like we're all you know, people on your podcast are all recreational runners and we love it and are passionate about it, but we also have, you know, families and careers and it's just to be flexible. If you have 45 minutes, make the most of that 45 minutes. If, you know, 
just kind of accept where you're at in terms of your life and what you could fit in and, and just go with that and realize that everyone you see on Strava who seems to be doing the perfect training, you know, no one is doing the perfect training. And also, you know, you have to, you can't always compare yourself to other people because you have your own life issues and situation. So just do what you can. (laughs) Don't rob yourselves of the joy of the journey by focusing too much on the day. Just enjoy the process that you're going through that took you however long it took you to get there because every day should be a feeling of a reward for all of your hard work. And then from like a physiological perspective, it takes several weeks for our body to catch up to our training. So if you're feeling sluggish and slow, that's because you're still catching up to where you are today. So as Roberto said, just like be really kind to yourself because every all of it should just feel really positive and awesome. So what I have learned is that you need to believe in yourself. You really do. Like you have to believe it in your deep, deep, deep soul core, whatever it is, you have to believe it. Like it has to come from you. Like you, like this is why, you know, and and then you have to have people around you that believe that too. One training tip that I would say applies to almost everybody and the shorter the race, the more it applies, is become comfortable with a pace faster than the race that you want to run is going to make you run. That'll do two things. One, when you run the race, you'll have the sensation of, of calm and not a tension, not tension because you've already run this pace a lot, you know what it is, but you've run faster, so therefore you've got gears in reserve and when you get down toward the end of the race, you'll be running faster pace than the average you figured out you might be able to do. So to negative split the race, you've got to run quite a bit of it faster than this average that you've set for yourself. Mm -hmm. So say, okay, we use the old three hour marathon, that's 651 per mile. So if you negative split that race, you're gonna have to run some 640 somethings. Mm -hmm. Um, And although few people negative split marathons, let's say it was a half. So if you're running halves and you're, you know, half you're trying to run 130, the second half of that race should be sub one, sub 130 pace, so sub 651 miles. So I would like for the runner trying to do that to be very, very comfortable running, say, 640s, mm-hmm. because then you're backing off to race pace. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what you need to feel like you're doing. Because if it's the fastest pace you tend to run, you're not relaxed. And then again, if you've done pace like six minute pace as well, then at the end of that race, you're not even gonna be uncomfortable if you have to run six minute pace at the end to out sprint somebody or to Mm -hmm. get the last seconds out of your time or whatever it might be. You have that kind of running in you as well. So use lots of different training speeds and one of them being considerably faster or you know, a a nice margin faster than the race pace you wanna do in your upcoming race. So in addition to doing heavy mileage, you, you have to also stress the body uh, and, uh, and the, the, the anaerobic side of it. So one of my, my favorite, favorite workouts was uh, nine miles in the morning at six minute pace. This is on top of a hundred mile week, right? Nine minute pace. And then in the afternoon, I would come to the track and I'd run uh, uh, 
20 quarters on the track, 2,400 meters on the track, with a 100-meter recovery between each, and I try to average 72 mm -hmm. seconds. If I did that, I knew I could run in the low 220s. i got to give you one more. Another one was that I would sometimes run to a race. I'd run 10, 11 miles to a race, change into my racing shoes, run the 5K or 10K all out, put on my training shoes and run 10, 11 miles back home. If I could do that four weeks before a marathon, I knew, I, again, I was going to run in the low 220s that day. Then you have to run easy after a workout like that. You have to, you can still do high mileage, but you have to run easy to let the body recover. So you work the aerobic system, not the anaerobic system at that point. I think that's something that I also have had a hard time coming to terms with is the idea of running easy and what that means, yeah. Yeah. and that you have to rest, but you don't need to not run. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't run easy for two or three days after a workout like that, you might as well not run at all and just sit on the couch and eat potato chips. <laughs> You know, because you're you're you're, cause you're hurting you're you're hurting your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's too much you're not stress. Get the full yeah. recovery. Ken. So, um, my takeaway on that is is to enjoy it. Um, I think there comes a point, and I can see it with the runners on in the club, where it's starting to feel like a job, and it can never you never want to get there. Then then that's when it's time to back off. Um, whether it's in the way you're approaching the workout itself or what you're doing with yourself. Um, I do have a hard time wrapping my my arms around uh, you know piling marathons on top of each other. Um, and it takes a special breed to be able to do that and in my in my mind kind of get away with it. Um, because you're you're trashing your body when you go that hard. Um, so to Ernie's point about resting, um, especially as we get um, more mature, <laughs> older, <laughs> then, then resting is, is crucial. Um, and to end what, to what you said before about not knowing how slow is slow, um, you know, the whole the whole point is right with all the gadgets we have now, resting heart, with, the, with the heart rate monitoring and all that. You can actually try to try to purposely keep yourself. Uh, to enjoy it and just go easy, and that there is a benefit to that. Mm -hmm. I think in the in the time frame that most folks have who are working, you, the, you get this feeling that you have to kind of go at it hard each time. And the hardest lesson to to say is, you know, take it easy. Um, that's like when Glenn and I are at the track, <laughs> and I'm like, pace yourself, and Glenn going saying, go, 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 yeah. you know, so. So there's the balance of, of going after it. Um, I've become a fan of progression running, and I'm trying to work that more and more into the track workouts. Um, because if I say 10K pace, that doesn't really resonate because people, you know, you have to kind of put your arms around, what does that mean? It's just like, take it easy. Do the first set at this, and then just try to get better with each time. Um, but at the core, when it becomes a job, back off. I believe that doing some strength work in addition to running is so important. And I see that now as I'm getting older, that just having some muscle to support your your body um, will keep you running for longer. And as a running purist, it's really hard for me to do any sort of strength every day, but I try to, even if it's just five or 10 minutes. Um, so that would be my recommendation. In fact, this morning when I left my husband um, and he was examining the plan for the second or third time, he said, <laughs> strength? What, what do you mean strength? I have to do strength tomorrow? 
<laughs> just do some sit-ups, a couple of something. planks, something. Make it up. Just give me 10 or 15 minutes, and um, we'll see if he does it. But it's on his plan for tomorrow. Well, the first thing that I can think of is fueling. I think um, it's an easy thing to not prioritize because we're so focused on uh, distance or, you know, how many miles we're getting in or what the paces are. But that is, for me, was such a key thing to not, you know, to, to take in fuel, whatever that fuel is that works for you, you know, early and often enough to really get the benefit. important thing is trying to stay on soft surfaces if you can and if you could if you could train on soft surfaces could be the track grass or especially the New York runners um, the bridle path and if you could possibly if there's any way possible that you could get at least minimum two hill works out a month just two and it don't have to be, uh, you don't want to, your hill workout should be 10 seconds, 20 seconds, and 30 seconds, all out. But the 20 seconds and 30 seconds should be you walk down. The 10 seconds you come, you run down and run back up. And you'd be surprised even by running these distances, I mean running those hill workouts like that, all you're doing is, it, is, is helping you with your speed without tiring you out. That's the most important thing That's that I, that I like. I like that 10, 20, 30 hill workout. I think it, to me, is the, the people that I coach, they like it. So can I share the one that I'm gonna incorporate yeah. next year? Cause I'm not, cause I haven't done it yet, but I'm super excited to do it. Uh, so next year, I've decided is going to be the year that I do the thing that I'm one of the things that I'm really really afraid of, which is trail running. Um, and a friend of mine, uh, Ritual, he said, he he said, you know, you got it. So I really think if you go on the trails and get away from your Garmin, and you know, to sort of get into that a little bit. Um, you'll find something you'll work out different muscles and when you come back to the roads you'll be even stronger and it sound that sounds about right mm-hmm. i you know i and i'm really scared of it because after having lived in new york for so long uh and having once run into a grizzly bear in grand teton national park when i was hiking with my brother i'm pretty terrified of wildlife i'm you know i'm always running in california i'm always scared that there's a mountain lion around the next corner i'm absolutely i have that uh irrational fear of snakes Mm -hmm. where like i can't be in the same room as a snake so um the trail and i'm I'm frankly just you know kind of afraid of falling and losing my front teeth (laughs) so Mm -hmm. which can happen but it sounds like I feel like it's something I need to try and do more of uh, for a variety of reasons. And I've n- I don't know that I've met a lot of people who have said like, oh, yeah, the trail running was terrible for me. I've only met people who are like, yeah, you run on the trails. It's so great. It feels so good. It's freeing. You know, it's, it's hard. 
but you don't care as much about your speed. You just, mm-hmm. you know, you get away from get away from everything. So that's my tip. The one thing I wish I'd known when I started running, which is if you're out of breath, you're going too fast. Mm. No matter how slow it means you run, you should like for a new runner, there are times in running when you should be out of breath, but for a new runner, who's trying to get started, you should never be out of breath. It's optimized for time spent running, not for distance. So I'll give you two tips. For folks who, who struggle with, with asthma and running, uh, as I've talked about, I, I think it's so important to, to relax uh, and mm-hmm. focus on, on staying calm uh, through through any type of training run or race um, if it's a cold weather race I, I've, what I've found really helpful is to keep your neck area and some people even wear a bar- balaclava uh, on their mouth because it's taking in cold air can be a major trigger for, for asthmatic reactions mm-hmm. and then on the long runs I'm a, I'm a huge fan of ice baths <laughs> and, you know, I know not everybody is, but if you're doing anything over a half marathon, uh, 15, 16 miles, I insist that you go to the <laughs> local deli and buy yourself two five-pound bags of ice <laughs> and pour yourself a shallow cold-water tub and ease yourself in in that curse your mother whoever you need to (laughs) and and spend 10 minutes in in the tub because it really does uh, help with the recovery time I think tremendously Mine's like two. <laughs> yeah, go for it's it. Okay. okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll allow like it. One A, one B. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. One <laughs> uh, is to, to always have fun, um, to always have a smile on your face, to always enjoy what you do. If you don't um, have fun, you, you just won't enjoy it as much. Um, and you just have, to, you're going to have your good and bad days. Um, you just have to kind of um, enjoy it at the moment and, you know, like look back at it and say, you know, like it was a great experience, you know, and, and have have fun doing it, you know. Um, the second one would be um, to to stay healthy. Um, that's one of the hardest things about um, a training cycle uh, that people don't really uh, take into accord. You're a PT, maybe one to two. <laughs> <laughs> like I knew one big one that can cover a lot. Yeah. Um, so. And we talk about this a lot. I'm always going to look at, not pretty much always going to look at things from injury prevention first, performance second. Whereas probably a coach is going to look at it the other way, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if, and for some people it's going to be, the risk is well worth it if they're trying to make Olympics. If, you know, as you go up the ladder, it could be well worth it. So mine's always going to be injury prevention, performance, very, very close second. But with that, I would say everyone has to earn their mileage Right. So by that, I mean, it's kind of like the training age thing where you're talking about. You need to have slow progressions over time in terms of how many miles a week you're running, what your long runs are, what kind of speed work you do, how often you do speed work um, over time so that 
your body's adjusting to these teeny tiny increments and then you can avoid these overuse injuries that are so common and i think a lot of it is you know we live in new york where there's a race every weekend and you have the opportunity to race all the time which is great and it's super fun but then everyone gets kind of tunnel vision on getting i need to get faster right now and i need to do it by and i need to do my um, world major marathons in this much time and by this date and so they're rushing the whole thing when really in a perfect setting it would happen over years and not you know even three or four years much longer than that and they can build it up nice and slow which that's i mean if you look at the pros that's exactly what they do i mean you gave us a lot of technical stuff do you have anything from like a motivational perspective of yeah don't i don't know if this may be similar to what you said at boston but my it made me during your boston episode um but don't put the pressure of a number on yourself, especially if you're doing, if your training cycle involves a lot of cross training. So if you're doing something like that, um, make sure, you know, you become familiar with an effort, but it adds more uncertainty to what could happen. So do not get attached to a number. Usually it's okay to say, okay, this was my goal. Either you increase that range of whatever your goal was, but don't get attached to a specific thing. I would actually back that off and enjoy the experience of like you, you know, when you do that, you learn something about effort in a very different way than you would when you're, um, I was trying to, I remember while, while doing the 400 repeats or like my 90 second repeats on the elliptical, after I did the second one, I had eight more to go. But when I finished the second one, I'm like, this is not hard enough. I'm not, I know what my second 400 should feel like. I feel a little bit more tired. This feels too easy. But on an elliptical, it could be tricky. Like, how do you work a kid? And so I just, I upped the resistance level by two points. And then all of a sudden, the third one brought me where I would feel in a, th- where I would feel in the third repeat, right? Do you have any advice for any of our listeners who are running the New York City Marathon? You know, the, the one thing I'm going to say is probably the most obvious. Just enjoy it because it, it, it happens so quickly regardless of, of your time. Really enjoy it. Take it all in, um, whether it's your first time or, or more than that. Um, I think you said it up front. Go out slow. <laughs> it is a hard marathon. You know, five bridges. Um, it's usually, a, you know, weather conditions can be whatever on that day. But um, go out at a reasonable pace. Enjoy it. Um, take it all in. And, and um, find that inspiration from the people around you. You never know who the person next to you is running for charity or running for the first time. And strike up a conversation if you can with someone because uh, you, can, you can meet some really special people along the way. Well, yeah, probably a few. But <laughs> one, I mean, always get good music. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and... If you want to, also probably if you're running a foreign marathon um, in a, a country where you've never been, if you want to walk and see something, stop and walk and just like enjoy that. it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, just just see it. Don't get don't get in a hurry because I mean you you might have the chance to see it again, but you might not. Do 
the biggest tip I can I think I can give is uh, patience. It uh, running takes a lot of patience, even during training and during a race itself. You just have to be really patient, patient to see the benefits of your training, and patience during a race so you don't go out too fast or make a move too early. It was the one word my co- my track coach in college screamed at me while all the other coaches were like screaming, "Let's go!" Like push the pace, and I could j- always hear my coach just really calmly saying, "Patience, mm. just wait." Yeah for the perfect moment. And I think that's the biggest tip ever, that just have patience with both running, uh, working out, and racing as well. Educate yourself, both in terms of training and about yourself. Always know why is it we do what we do? Why do we do workouts? How do we structure a season? What more can I learn about this sport so when I go out there it's not just blindly running every single day but then also educating yourself about yourself because like I said we go through slumps we go through down times and sometimes you really have to look back and say why did I get into running in the first place why do I keep doing this and sometimes you really have to remind yourself and you say oh yeah I actually do just enjoy doing this activity but also seeing what works for you because what works for me isn't going to work for someone else the amount of mileage I do might not necessarily correlate with somebody else or the type of workouts that some people really, really respond to might just beat the crap out of me so that I come back much more beat up than someone else might. So really learning and looking back at your history and saying, okay, I know if I do these kind of things, I'm going to stay healthy, I'm going to progress in my training, and not just say, well, let's just see what this is, or, oh, I remember doing this workout, and wow, I remember really being beaten up after that, and stuff like that. whether it's a workout or a race, it's like, you know, you don't make decisions on the uphill. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you want to, like, bail on the pace or bail on the race or, you know, whatever you're – and I kind of forgot about that, and I was pacing a friend in the um, in the pride run when I was sort of coming back from my hamstring, and I was like, oh, I'll just jump in with a workout for you. And she, we went out a little hot for her. She was trying to get a PR, and, and I was – I was letting her lead the pace. It wasn't my fault that she went out a little hot when she listens to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, but it was funny. I, so I started joking with her and, you know, she was giving up a little bit going up Harlem Hill on the West side. And, and so she's like, Oh, forget it. You know, like, and I was like, Nope, there's no decisions on the uphill. Come on up and over, you know? And yeah. I was like yelling at her and then she shushed me and I was like, oh, like I'm here to help, you know, <laughs> sort of. And then, you know, we finished, and, and then at the end, some random guy comes up to us at the finish, and he's like, that was so true. Thank you. That was awesome. And I was like, what? I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I kind of forgot. And he's like, you don't make decisions on the uphill. Um, I mean, I think if you're starting out and you've never done a marathon before and you're trying to take that leap, I think you just have to have faith in yourself to try. Like, really think about what's holding you back. Like, if it's been on your bucket list and you're like, oh, I'll do it next year, or, oh, I'll do it next year, what is it that's holding you back? Is it fear? Is it, like, what's going on with that? Because if you've done other races, or even if you haven't, like, you can do it. You just have to really put the work in and then believe in yourself and believe that you will cross the finish line. It doesn't matter what the time is. It really doesn't like the joy of being in a marathon and running with people and everyone's running for a different reason, whether it's like for a charity or because they're like overcome like something in their life or 
just because it's like their sport that gives them so much happiness. Like everyone's out there for a reason and most runners are pretty positive. And I think if you find like your why, that'll get you there. And you just have to take that first step. Each episode, we usually do a training tip. Actually, you know what? Let me make it specific this time around. <laughs> I'll put you on the spot for a different thing. Um, it's hard to take the first step to change a chapter or jump into something new in your in your life, right? Whether it's the first run you want to take or sign up for the first race, or it might be just scary to like, okay, I've, I want to open a restaurant. But let's say someone's at that point in their life. What would your advice be to them? To look fear in the face and dig down deep and bring out this bravery and this courage of jumping and facing fear in the face and grabbing it and knowing that it's better to face the fear and and jump at it than it is to have res- to, to have regrets and saying, "Well, I, I should have done that or I could have done that. Why didn't I do it?" You know, that that big saying is like, "What would you What would you do if you knew that you wouldn't fail?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it's like, it's that, it's that kind of a thing, but courage, mm-hmm. courage is a big thing on um, bravery mm-hmm. and just trying to go after things that you want and not letting obstacles, obstacles or what people may say or think or tell you, but it's, it's really about going after what you believe in, what your dreams are, putting in the work, putting in the, the, the focus and the discipline into making it happen regardless and all I like to refer to it as an all-out an all-out assault in achieving your goals. It's a good question. It's tough because there's so much, but um, I guess the one would be make your hard days hard and your easy days easy, and more emphasis on your easy days easy because. No matter who you are, human physiology hasn't changed. Whether you're, again, an Olympian or a novice, we all have the same physiology. Again, obviously within reason, pressing heart rates and this and that. But regardless of who you are, your, your gains are made in the recovery. So no matter how hard you train, it's all for nothing if you don't recover appropriately. And again, that's where the gains are made. And I think too many people, especially in this day and age where... We have smart watches and all sorts of data, and you know, you guys said you're you're big nerds on, on that front. Too many people go out there and like, I need to run today 7:13 per mile pace, or I need to run between zone one and zone whatever. And you just have to learn sometimes to listen to your body. And even if it's planned to be a hard day, if your body's telling you it's tired, then take it easy. Listen to your body. Don't listen to a watch. And and then you know with that resting that'll make it so that you can put more firepower in your hard days because some of the best workouts I've ever had whether I thought I was going to have a good workout or not came because when I look back like oh yeah I did take it easy whether it was intelligently or my body just said like all right shut down you can't do anything for the next two days so I would say make your hard days hard and your easy days easy and don't easy days if you know the the route you're going to run Obviously, you want to upload it to Strava and things like that, but like, be okay with just going out there and plodding along. Like today, I'm going to run one loop of the park, and if I get passed by 17 grandmothers, that's fine. 
if I run it in an hour, that's fine. I know I could run it in 30 minutes or whatever, you know, but it's just a recovery day. Make your runs purposeful because um, it's in doing that that you're going to be able to really make better gains. And if you're always like trying to run in a way that there's not much of a difference between your workout days and your easy days because then you're going to eventually be redlining. So loads of other advice, but I guess that's the one I would see because a lot of people make that error. <laughs>